Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's Holy Word. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the cafe. Hope you're having a great day today. It's a great day to be alive. Amen. We love the Lord here today at KJV Cafe. And we're continuing a little bit of a study here in Proverbs, um, the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Amen. And there's so much to learn from even a part of a single verse in this great book. There is so much to learn that we can teach our kids, but also that we can learn ourselves. Amen. And it's a wonderful um, uh, thing to do to, to kind of meditate on these verses of scripture. And I, and you say, well, why is it wonderful? Well, number one, it's uh, it's nourishing to the soul. Amen. Was that book called Chicken Soup for the Soul? Look, Proverbs is like the super duper biggest bowl of chicken soup you could ever have for your soul. You want to know why? Because it enriches you and it nurtures you and it brings you back to health because God knows what you need to live and to thrive and to survive in such perilous times. And you know, the Bible says, as we see these last days approaching, we should gather all the more. And with the diseases and with all the problems, a lot of people, they may not be able to go to church. Hey, a lot of churches aren't even meeting on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights anymore. And our little church, we do it. And I'll be honest, sometimes, especially after that daylight saving time thing uh, regresses, goes back, I'm going there, it's dark and it's cold and we're tired. <laughs> I love God. I love church. It, it can be difficult. And so what do we do? We need to get in his word and we need to stay in his word. And I encourage everyone that can and, and is able to go to church as much as possible. But if you're shut in, if you're not able, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Amen. That's, I believe, one of the main reasons the Lord called me to the radio ministry was to be a witness and to be able to minister to those that maybe can't get out of the house, that can't make it to the services, to tell them that God loves you very much, that God's word is nourishing, that God's word is health. And you're going to see that here today, that there's a great lesson we can learn from Proverbs. We're in chapter 13 on verse 2. Chapter 13, verse 2, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. And so as we see so often in Proverbs, you have two sides. Uh, You've got a dichotomy. I think the big word is, the SAT word would be, you got one side explaining a good thing and one side explaining a bad thing. You have a good result or a good outcome and a bad outcome. And here we see in Proverbs 13, a very similar type of situation where we have a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. He shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. So let's start with the beginning here. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. What is the fruit of your mouth? You should eat good by the fruit of your mouth. Well, as I understand that, that would be the words that come out of your mouth. What you speak, your uh, conduct in terms of your language. And if you have fruit, if you're bearing fruit, and the Bible says that no bad tree can bear good fruit and no good tree can bear, uh, bear bad fruit. So if you're bearing good fruit, uh, verbally, you're speaking it. 
Uh, I've also, I believe I read this, I want to say in the word, if not the word, a commentarian gave it, uh, was that, uh, that what's in our heart will come out of our mouths. And I believe that to be true. It might've been a preacher uh, that said that, but what's in our heart will come out of our mouths. I believe that to be true. You know, what's in our head and what's in our mind and what's in our heart is what we'll speak. Uh, have you ever listened to a bunch of music and then all of a sudden you're humming that tune? Is it stuck in your head? I mean, you know that, right? Or maybe you watch a movie and uh, or watch a series of movies and you end up talking like the characters or uh, whatever it may be, or you hang around a group of friends and then all of a sudden you act like they act. I mean, all of this is natural to us as humans. And so what's going on on the inside and what we surround ourselves with is what ends up coming out of our mouth. And if we are living for the Lord and we are um, a light on a shining hill and we are a great um, witness for him, then what we are speaking will bear fruit. The fruit of our mouth will be wonderful. And what would that be? I can tell you what it's not. It's not gossip. It's not gossip. It's not hearsay. It's not rumors. It's not constant negative statements about others, especially. It's not putting the preacher down, or as one preacher said, it having the preacher for lunch after service. It's not putting the missionary down or the ministry workers or, the, or even the church. You have to understand, and I want you to understand this, God is real. And I saw a newsletter that said this, he is a silent witness to all that we say. So God is real, right? God's real. And, and he, he's what? Father God is what? A spirit. Amen, right? He's a spirit. Jesus came in the flesh. He himself, condescended himself down to man and walked with man and so forth, right? But now he is at the right hand of the Father in his resurrected body. And we have the Holy Spirit living within us. That's the Trinity. And so when we have the Holy Spirit living within us, we can't see that. Jesus in his resurrected body is at the right hand of the Father, as I understand it. And then Father God himself is a spirit. We must worship him in spirit and truth, as the Bible says. And so God is alive, and He, the Bible says he goes to and fro. He sees all. He knows all. Uh, and so God's alive, and he's a spirit. We can't see him. But yet when we speak, he hears what we speak. Just because we can't see him doesn't mean he doesn't hear what we say. So what that means is a number of things. Number one, it means that if we speak bad, he hears it. Number two, it means that if you whisper something bad to someone else, he hears that too. Have you ever had someone try to tell you a piece of gossip and they lower their voice and they whisper it out? Uh, yeah, God can still hear that. Guess what? God knows every thought that comes to your mind. He also knows every need that you have and every hair on your head. He's perfect. He's all knowing. Amen. So why do people act like God for some reason is not around at times and Christians especially start saying other bad things? Now here's where it gets worse. A lot of times Christians are saying bad things about other Christians. You know, look at the Bible. Who did Jesus have the most trouble with? The religious crowd. Did he not? Christians that I've known that have tried to do something for the Lord, oftentimes their biggest hardships or critics come from the religious crowd. Amen. Uh, gosh, I feel bad for mission workers that have to go around and raise deputation and go to all these different churches and, and so forth. I feel so bad for them because they have to go and they present. And I wonder if they're looking at the church congregation wondering, well, what will they say about me? Or are they judging if I'm wearing the right clothes or if I drove the right car or if I have the right brochure? When do we become so critical of other Christians? Think about this. If they are a man or woman of God, does God not love them as much as he loves you? 
as his uh, children, amen. And the reason why I designate that, because the unsaved, right, that's a whole different group, right? We are born again into the body of Christ. We are born again believers, amen. And God wishes all to be saved. But for those that are not saved, that is one category. We shouldn't speak badly of them. In fact, we should be a witness to them. And at the same time, the Christian, we certainly don't want to say anything bad about the Christian, you know? And then you start getting deeper and say, oh, you're not even talking bad about the Christian. You're talking bad about the minister, the ministry worker. This is God's elected. This is God's anointed. This is like who God put in control of the program that you were around before you said something bad about him. But you're saying, Brother Clark, well, if you only knew, they weren't perfect. Well, imagine that. They're not perfect. None of us are. Amen. I tried to make this designation on Sunday morning. I was preaching a message, which I hope to preach on the radio soon, about the Pharisees. And I was trying to make an example about how it's a delicate situation when you look at who they were and and the angst uh, that they brought towards Jesus, why they hated him so much. You have to kind of get into like the nitty gritty details of who they were, what they were in charge with, with and so forth. We don't have time to dive into that today, but I was trying to kind of take that designation of, look, we don't want to be a Pharisee. And at the same time say, don't look at people that are involved in the ministry, that they should reach some elevated status of perfection in everything they do. Yes, we need to strive for that. Amen. We need to repent before God every day and we need to hold ourselves up to a very high standard because we are the only Bible that some people will read as people have often said in the past. And at the same time, we have to realize that these people are human and not only are they human, but they are doing God's work. And so when we say something bad about them, right, that is a total, a total awful thing and hurtful to God. Uh, another way to put it, and then I'll move on here. I have a son. I've got two sons. I've got a teenager and a little kid who's four. And man, I don't like it when people say anything about my kids that are negative. I don't like it. I get very defensive. They're great kids. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad that's very attached to my kids. And uh, I can remember times with both of them that people have said things that I, I got very protective. They're my kids. Uh, these are my sons, you know, and uh, I don't like it. And I get very protective. I know I keep repeating myself. Well, guess what? These that you might want to talk about, they're God's son, they're God's daughter, and he's very protective of them, and he loves them. And if they have, in fact, done something wrong, do you not think that it grieves God even the more than it grieves you? And do you not think that he is not wise enough, powerful enough, sovereign enough to take care of it on his own? Now, the Bible instructs us to go to a brother and sister, so we shouldn't take them to court or whatever if we've been done wrong. We shouldn't go gossip about it. We should just go approach them. And if we have a problem approaching them, we can bring one or two witnesses with us and so forth. And there's a whole progression of how we deal with conflict within the church. And none of it deals with the outside world, but it also none of it deals with gossip or hearsay. And then if we, you know, some of these biographies I've watched are the great men and women of God how they treated their enemies, not even just Christians, but their enemies in general, with love and respect. And, oh gosh, I can think of a couple of stories. There was a one 
I can't think of the name of the biography, but it was a movie or something I watched on a great uh, British uh, theologian and a preacher. And there was a man that spit in his face when he tried to like give him a gospel track. And then uh, that preacher needed groceries and someone came to say they were going to take care of the preacher, get him some groceries. And he insisted that they buy groceries from this particular place. And the place was the man, the, the, the man's business that had spit in his face. And he was showing that agape love, that sacrificial love, that great love. Oh, the examples that you see of just wonderful Christian love in in spite of that. Uh, the founder of Voice of the Martyrs, I saw an interview f- uh, of him back from the, I think it was 80s, uh, 80s or 90s on, I think it was Canadian television. It was online. I watched it and what a saint of God. And he was recounting a story where there was a prison guard, I think, that had basically killed, put a man on his deathbed. And that man witnessed to that prison guard and uh, and, and told him he loved him while, while he was dying from the injuries that the prison guard had inflicted him with and told him he forgave him and, and the prison guard was saved and they were crying and they were holding each other, telling each other they loved each other. This is Christian love. This is Christian love to love our brothers and sisters in Christ and to love the lost as, as that child that has gone astray, uh, as, as that one that, that has gone far off that God desires to have back because he desires all to come to a saving knowledge of him. Amen. That none should perish. Amen. What are we doing to show that love to others? And how counterproductive is it when we talk badly? And what the, what the proverb here is saying, he that, he, that the, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, that when we speak good things, when we speak encouragement, we speak love, we speak affection, all good things happen back to us. We reap what we've sown. We we, we inherit goodness. We inherit uh, that mercy because the Bible says if we can't forgive others, God can't forgive us. Amen. But the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Those that transgress God's law, those that go against what God's calling us to do, what happens to them? They shall eat violence. Their mouth shall, shall have violence come upon them. They shall enter into violence. They shall be in a violent state. They shall not have peace. Which one do you want here today? I'd rather have peace than violence any day. God's saying you can have it by the fruit of your mouth, by the good words that you say, and by abstaining from saying anything bad, by living for God and being a testimony to him and loving not just your friends, but loving your enemies and loving all because God loved us so much. Let's do that. Let's apply it to our hearts today. Let's live that out in action and we'll be richly blessed for it. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care and God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.